um, I do feel like it's important for us to uh, to look at Scripture tonight to examine the uh, the, the idea of uh, where where does God um, uh, fall into place when we start talking about dealing with orphans, because that's what we dealt with when we went to Moldova. We um, we're doing this vacation Bible school at this orphanage, and I have to remind myself that when we're doing this vacation Bible school with with eighty something children. Um, Typically, a lot of our churches will do a VBS and there'll be, um, you know, 75, 150 children. But what's different about the VBS that we did in those few days was those children there, they don't have parents. They're orphans. They're true orphans. And, and um, I've been just wrestling with this. this. Today is Father's Day and I have four children myself. And um, this morning, uh, just you could tell Tony and his, his demeanor was different. He was just... There's just something that men, we just, we just wrestle with when it comes to Father's Day, especially if you're a pastor. And so this, this has been a tough couple of weeks for me, spending time with a lot of orphans and now speaking to you tonight about what I've called um, the father's orphans. And so I'm going to talk about some, a few things tonight. Um, uh, we're going to look at a, f- a few passages of Scripture. Mainly we'll, we'll look in Galatians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 4. Um, we'll... We can understand from Scripture that, that God is a God of love to the fatherless. That when we want to examine and, and have a heart for orphan care, we see that God has a heart for orphan care as well. We see that the gospel is a good representation of orphan care. And we see orphan care in the heart of who God is. For one, as I'm looking at a, in a building right now full of people who used to be orphans, and now you're part of the family of God. The gospel has made you uh, included. You sit at the table of the Father. You have brothers and sisters at the table as well. You're in the family of God. And it's because God cares for orphans like me and you. And he's made us his own. And that is a beautiful thing. Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 8 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Us, that's me and you. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That is an intimate form of father. Basically, he's saying, Daddy, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those who by nature are not God's. I have a few characteristics of God's orphan care that I want to mention tonight. First one is God's adoptive orphan care is costly. We see that in verse, uh, in that passage in Galatians says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoptions as son. There is a a price to pay in adoption. If you ask a a person who's adopted, they'll say it's expensive. It's costly emotionally, spiritually. God adopted us and it is costly. It costs him the best, the highest price to adopt me and you, to redeem you. That word redeem just means pay the price. There was a price put on your head for your adoption and God paid it in full through Jesus. God paid the entire cost. God's adoptive orphan care is costly. Next, God's adoptive orphan care involves the legal status of the child. Jesus fulfilled all the legal demands by shedding his blood. 
There was a law that demanded attention in your life, uh, demanded perfect attention in your life. You couldn't do it. So therefore, Jesus came in, the rescuer, as we sing, come to my rescue. Jesus has come to our rescue and he took care of the legal status that was involved. We see in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22, it says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to to dwell, talking about Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, turning, Paul's turning his attention to us. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, and I'll insert my own phrase there, living in a rundown orphanage, you, he has reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. He takes that legal status of guilty and he changes it. He adopts us into his family. He takes that legal status of guilty and it says forgiven. He pays the price. It's costly. And it involves the legal status of the child, just like an adoption. There's a legal status that changes when someone adopts a child. He reconciles us to the Father and he changes our name. And that's good news. Next we see, um, I'll mention this, God's adoptive orphan care is blessed with God pouring out a spirit of sonship. Not only is there... And God's, just, God's not like this uh, orphanage director that has to deal with all of us. He, he brings us to Himself. He adopts us. And He gives us what the Bible says is a spirit of sonship. We see back in Galatians 4. Because you are sons. God has sent the spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. There's a sonship that happens when God adopts orphans like us. In Romans chapter 8, 15 through 16, it says, You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of what? Adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If you're a believer today, you're a a son or a daughter of God. And God has placed in you a spirit of sonship. He's adopted you and He's brought you to Himself. And you can cry out to Him, Daddy. And that is awesome. God's adoptive orphan care is marked by moral transformation. There's a key word that we talk about in churches and theology and whatever. It's called sanctification. When we are adopted... The Bible says in Romans eight fourteen, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. If you're led by the Spirit of God today, God is leading you through a process, through a path of what we call sanctification. And He's, he, he's, he's, he's he put you in a process of shaping you and in transforming you. And it's not that we have some moral decree that we have to abide by or God's not going to accept us. In fact, it's the opposite. The gospel says you are accepted. Therefore, here's the moral standard of a son or daughter of God. And we gladly and joyfully say, yes, we'll take upon that goal, that duty, that course, that objective of following Jesus with everything in our heart, everything in our mind, because we know that God has transformed our heart and we want to walk in Him, with Him, and for Him, to honor Him. Sanctification is the beautiful work 
of God setting us apart, transforming us. Next, God's adoptive care, or God's adoptive orphan care brings us the rights of being heirs of the Father. Galatians 4, still in verse 67. Because you are sons, God has set the spirit of sons in your heart, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We also find in Romans 8, 16 through 17, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with, with Christ, provided that we suffer with Him in order that we may be also glorified in Him. We have an inheritance. God adopts us, dirty orphans. He cleans us up and He gives us His inheritance. One of the things... Um, and I was thinking through this, and I talked to Tony. I said, I got, I got something that I want to share Sunday night that's pretty personal. And, and he, knows, he knows about it. And he said, yeah, go for it. I think it'd be good. Um, I'm kind of different in the sense that the rest of the people on staff here, they've been here a long time. I hadn't been here a year yet. It's coming up on a year. Can you believe that? Some of you are all like, wow, it's a long time. But um, I haven't been a part of this family of fellowship very long. But I do want to share something that's pretty personal. And I, uh, I asked my wife to, if, if the kids were going to be in here tonight, and she said no. And I said, good, um, because I haven't got a chance to tell my children. I haven't really been able to talk with them about this because they're not old enough. But um, we all have family issues, wouldn't you say? Some people are nodding their head big tonight. We've got family issues. We all, uh, so to speak, inherit something from, from our family. Um, let me just tell you just a, a quick history of uh, the fathers and grandfathers in my family. Um, this past, in 2011, January, my, my dad uh, died in, um, on the way to the hospital. And he'd spent about four years of his life in, the last four years of his life in a nursing home. And he died at 63. Now, if you know people in the nursing home, 63 is pretty young to be spending four solid years in the nursing home. He had what's called Huntington's disease. Huntington's disease is a genetic disease that the children of the person who has that disease has a 50-50 chance of getting it. So, here I am, standing up here, 50-50 shot that I might have Huntington's disease. Now, my grandfather, who I never met, had Huntington's disease. And... Uh, the medication and the treatment for that wasn't as, wasn't as well progressed or whatever you want to call it. And he um, committed suicide, 12-gauge um, shotgun in the mouth. My great-grandfather, before him, they really didn't know what was going on with him. They pretty much locked him up in the loony bin and threw away the key and slid food under the, under the door and said, we can't figure this guy out. I say all this to say that I... I look back at the, at the trail of fathers that I see in my family. I look back and I see that. But I look at the Scripture and I see a different identity that I have. I'm not scared. I'm not concerned about something like that changing my life. Do I know if I got it? No. Nope. Am I going to get tested? No. Is there a cloud above me that every time... Time something weird is going on, I'm like, what's going on? Is that this or is that that? No. Because I know who my father is. 
have an earthly father, but I know my father and I know my inheritance with him. I know what I got coming with him. I know I was that dirty, stinking orphan kid and he came and he snatched me up and he said, I love you. I'm bringing you to myself. I'm making a name for you. I'm going to call you my son. I'm going to give you an inheritance. That's my father. And I'm okay with that. Matter of fact, I kind of like that identity that I have. That's my father who adopted me, who saved me. And I've inherited his kingdom. Not only is God's adoptive orphan care the things that I've mentioned, but God's adoptive orphan care was seriously planned. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 6 says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. If you're in this room tonight and you're a believer... This was a serious plan of God that got you here. The father who cares for orphans adopted you and he knew it. He knew what was happening. In love, he predestined us for what? Adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Folks, God has a plan A. And that's adopting me and you. Us orphans. He brings us to himself. He paid every bit of the price for it. God's adoptive orphan care is from very bad situations. Um, throughout the Old Testament, we see that God calls the people to himself. And we, and we see uh, it reminded in the New Testament. And when people would uh, remember the the, the salvation of God. They had festivals. The God's people in the Old Testament times, they, they, they saw the work of God and they wanted to establish a conventions and stuff for it. In Romans chapter 9, when we consider this, if the people of God chose in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were adopted. They were adopted out of terrible situations. It says, they're Israelites. And to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship and the promises. He's pulled the Israelites, God's people, out. But and we see also in Hosea chapter 11, 1, it says, When Israel was a child, I loved him and called him out of Egypt as my son. I called my son. Psalm 106, 7 says, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea and at the Red Sea. God adopted out of Egypt a son who was both enslaved and rebellious. And he, he did that for us. That's our story. We were enslaved to sin and we didn't want God. And he adopted us. And he gave us the best thing that we could possibly imagine, a relationship with him an inheritance in Him. We can look to Him and cry, Abba, Father. So in closing, see? Short sermon, I know. Where does this leave us when we talk about some of the tragedies that's, that's a reality in Moldova and we, we look at some of these passages of Scripture and, and, and we talk about orphan care and we talk... 
We use the word adoption, and you've heard a little bit about what JMI is about, that kind of thing. First of all, I want to say, if you're a believer tonight, I think you should be overwhelmingly grateful that you're even here, that God adopted you. It should stir in you uh, gratefulness. Have you thanked God lately that you're even saved? Have you told somebody that you're a child of God? It should just churn in us a heart of gratefulness. If you're a church member, I think you should consider your involvement in orphan care. Um, there's, there's about three things that I can think of right now, that, that three avenues that you could pray about right now uh, of orphan care involvement that, that we could be involved with, that you could be personally involved with. For one is the children's village. We have a crew going up once a month to the children's village to minister to the fatherless that's in Wiggins up there. There's a situation up there. There's children up there that are, that are lacking um, the attention of, of parents. Consider going up there and ministering with, with the ones that go up there. Talk with some of the ones that are involved with that. Um, Tammy mentioned child sponsorship. Consider child sponsorship, maybe even through JMI. Uh, we do feel like God has in, involved us in, in Carpenyen. I feel like God brought us to that place. There's an orphanage there. There's a director there at that orphanage that likes us. Um, I think it'd be great if, if you feel like you want to go on the next trip to Moldova to, to uh, Carpenyen, if you would maybe consider sponsoring one of those children, and those orphans that maybe one day would look to you and call you dad or mom. Think about it, uh, sponsoring one of those children and maybe get a chance to, to go visit them and see them there in that orphanage. And, the, and really the hardest, the most expensive, the most painful uh, orphan care that I can think of is adoption. Um, it's expensive. It's costly on a family. And, but it, you can see that it's so close to God's heart. I would, I would covet that you would pray maybe that your family, if you're considering adoption, we would, we would love to pray with you about that. We would love to... Uh, agonize over the, the details with you about that. If you start praying in that direction, maybe God would would uh, allow something like that to, to happen in your life. It's funny, I was listening to a, a, a older white guy. He was 50 when they adopted their uh, African-American daughter. Wow. That's, that's, some, that's, a lot, that's a lot of weight right there for in several, several different levels. So consider your involvement individually as a family in orphan care. If you're lost tonight, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you don't feel like you belong in the house of God with the people of God. I would say to you who are an orphan tonight, would you just come? The door to my father's house is open. The invitation is here for you tonight. God took care of everything that was needed to be taken care of. Every step. Everything that was needed to be paid. He paid for all of it. And the invitation for you tonight is open. That you would come and find yourself at peace with the people of God and the house of God who's crying out, Father. We're going to have a time of invitation. Um, and then we're going to pray for our mission teams and the ones heading up to South Dakota. Well, they're there now. And the ones that are coming back from Arizona. I'll be down front. I'm going to ask Wade when, when, during the invitation. He'll be down here too as well. We'll pray with you about anything, whatever God's dealing uh, with your heart about. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for tonight. 
God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your uh, allowing us to be involved with orphan care. Your word says in the book of James that true religion is visiting the orphan and the widow in their affliction. God, God, would we be found guilty of true religion, of people who are compassionate, who know and understand and love and embrace the gospel so much that we want to see that happen in our own homes, in our own lives, that we want to live the gospel, this, this adoption that you have placed in our hearts, God. We want to find ourselves there, God. And we pray for the, the friends that we've made in, in Moldova, God. I pray for the, the individual tonight who's out there that is sitting, listening to my voice, that thinks that maybe you're calling them to be more involved with maybe either Moldova or JMI or adoption, God. Just work in their heart. Speak to them, God, with whatever they need, Lord. God, we turn this time over to you, God, as we turn our attention to you, God, as we turn our affection to you, Lord. Would you speak to our hearts? Would you minister to us now in this place, in this moment? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.